Welcome back, everybody, to the fourth episode of What A Week podcast. And in this episode coming up, Janine and I talk about the Robert Mueller investigation. We also talk about how those on the right and other conservative pundits are just obsessed with Democratic Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And then lastly, we take a dive into what is called executive time. Welcome back, everybody, to the fourth episode of What A Week podcast. And I am joined again with Janine. And uh, before we dive in, Janine, how was your past week? It was great. My brother came to town, so we didn't record a podcast because I was too busy being at Disney all week. <laughs> oh, wow. Not, oh, okay, so you stayed over there? Like you didn't? I didn't, but I live close enough where I can drive. Okay, gotcha. So you went to Disney. Did you go to all the parks or? Yes, I did. And <laughs> Universal. Man, nice. It was hardcore. I was exhausted. I took a full day to recover. Now, do you uh, do the rides and stuff or just... Oh, yeah. You better believe I do. Really? Yeah. See, it's been forever since I've, like, ridden a roller coaster. So, uh-uh. I don't even know. Really? It. Yeah, I mean, if I... Because, I mean, it's been years. I think since college. So, I mean, way over 10 years. But... Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, no, I don't know how I would do. I Well... I've ridden like on smaller kid friendly ones with the kids, but if I did like a full blown one, like I remember the Incredible Hulk one at. Do you do that one at Islands of yeah, Adventure? I do that one. You do? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I did that on Sunday. Really? See, I would yep. I would need like a like a Zanny bar or something before I did no. that. No. <laughs> just you know, no. It's it's I don't know. I, it's it's just more the anticipation of it. But no, I mean when I was in college, we would go and. I would ride them all the time. It just, we haven't been back there, but so once our kids get a little bit older, I'm going to, we're actually, we're planning a vacation this, this year. So, but Isabella is just always like, well, you know, I don't know if I like roller coasters, you know? So yeah, yeah. But I mean, we'll see, you know, Caden does, he doesn't mind them as much. So, you know, but, but no, yeah. is like, am I tall enough for the big roller coasters yet? (laughs) Well, well, like, oh, he does. See, like I, I was not allowed to go on them when I was lit when I was younger because my mom I was so skinny and little that she was afraid I was going to fall out you know <laughs> so she was so just so protective of me and, and uh Aww. you know yeah so but no yeah I'm glad to hear your week is good now, are you kind of back out of vacation mode now you're kind of in the regular yeah. schedule yeah <clears throat> back, back into the swing of things oh there you go yeah it's definitely hard to kind of to dive back in from a week that's a long time it is yeah (laughs) so as i was saying before with the what's going on in the news and stuff um there's a couple of things that i want to uh you know pick your brain about janine if possible and um and then yeah you can ask me some questions too but i think the most important thing to go over uh that i want to begin with is the schedule of the president. Um, that's something that was leaked by someone within the White House. And it's definitely not good for Trump. Um, it definitely... The country. <laughs> What's up? Oh, I was going to say, or the country, but I guess the jury's kind of out, out on that one. Right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so I just want to take a second here, and I have a printed copy of the schedule 
for the president. Now, this was leaked to the um, to the news group um, Axios, I believe. So I just want to give credit to them, and uh, they have a pretty much an outline of what President Trump does throughout his day. Now, if you recall during his campaign and even during uh before the campaign you know he'd always complain about obama and be like oh how many vacations is he going to take and yeah right and how many golfing trips and so trump has already beaten obama with how many times he's golfed um and uh and even there's one time during the campaign uh trump said he's not even going to have time to vacation because he's going to be working Nonstop. So, as we have seen two years now into this presidency, that is not true. And uh, really quick before I dive in into the schedule, do you, you know, do you want to speculate as to why you think it was leaked? Do you think it was leaked by a staffer who was just, uh, I mean, I don't know the whole background to this. I just know it was leaked, but we don't, obviously, we don't know by who, and Trump's pissed about it. So he's yeah. trying to find out who did it, apparently. But do you want to speculate as to why it was leaked originally? I mean, I feel like there's probably really only one reason that someone would leak that. And it has to be someone who is in the White House and is watching what's happening and thinking that the country needs to know that he's just sitting around watching Fox News all day. Right. Okay. So pretty much a... An annoyed staffer, just... That's what I think. I mean, I can't imagine anyone doing that for any other reason. Right, that's what I think, too. Yeah, I just felt like... And, and that's... and that's It's such an interesting culture of of just leaks from, you know, government, like the White House. I mean, I remember, if I recall correctly, it was a big issue under Obama, and he was cracking down hard yeah. Yeah. On, on leakers. So it's nothing new, yeah. but it's just interesting that... It's just part of the D.C. culture. Leaking is nothing new. It is part of the D.C. culture. But it's a a horse of a different color compared to the Obama administration. Like, the Obama administration leaks were maybe, like, a little bit of palace intrigue or, like, some minor scandal. But these are, like... It makes me also think of that one op-ed that was written by the senior administration official. Hmm. Right. It's like a weird, like, concern of people who are trying to warn the country about the president. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, they have access to him, and they are there. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I, in good conscience, could work there. You know, I... Yeah. It's, you know, you, like, you, like, you brought up that anonymous op-ed where the guy said, hey, I'm part of the resistance, and I'm in the White House. And we have pretty much saved this country from collapse. I just, I feel like if I were to uh, work there, I would get as much dirt as possible and then just go out in like a, you know, in a, in a glory, in a, in like, a, I would just leak everything that I could, you know, just uh, yeah. uh, leak text messages, I anything. I get myself in trouble, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, anyway, so here we can see some of the contents of what a day looks like under in the White House right now with President Trump. So this schedule was from Tuesday, February 5th, so that was last week. All right, so he wakes up. Well, I don't want to say he wakes up, but apparently the day begins with executive time. 
at 8 a.m., uh, which is, from what I understand, just whatever he wants to do, right? Like, it's just, it's his yeah. time. Okay, so... Yeah. I but, mean, they've tried to spin it and say that he's making phone calls and stuff like that. But if you look through his Twitter account, you can see that he is watching Fox and Friends during that time and live tweeting that show. <laughs> right. Okay, so we have executive time for three hours. And then... <laughs> I know. And then at 11 a.m., he has a meeting with the chief of staff for 30 minutes. And then at 11.30, he has more executive time uh, for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and then at 12.30, he has lunch. Um, and then at 2 to... Uh, well, it says 2 to 2.15, executive time again. And then 2.15 is a photo op. And then 2.30 to 5.30 is speech prep with racist white nationalist Stephen Miller. <laughs> mm-hmm. God, his speeches are terrible. They are terrible. Yeah. I, don't, I, I mean, that's, I guess that's what kind of level of competency the White House is attracting these days. But right. he writes speeches like a high school, high school bottom-of-the-barrel debate participant. Right, exactly, yeah. Uh, and then from 2.30 to 5.30, we have executive time again. <laughs> so that's another three hours. Now, to re- you know, to remind you all that executive time is in the Oval Office, and it's just him pretty much watching Fox News. Uh, and then at 8.30, he departs the White House to the Capitol for some photo op. And then he finishes his day at around 10.05. So we have, let me see, 8 to 11, 3, and then another 15, 6. So about 8 hours a day of just executive time. (laughs) (laughs) 8 hours a day. Wouldn't that be nice? Seriously. And he can just do whatever he wants during those times. And, and I even think in – I can't keep up with all the books that are coming out from ex-staffers of Trump. But in one of the books, apparently, there was a part in there where Paul Ryan was trying to – it was either the tax plan or the health care plan where Paul Ryan was trying to you know, explain uh, all that stuff to him. And apparently, according to this author, Trump just got up and like stared at the curtains and <laughs> – yeah, and like wandered around and just was not engaged at all. And so I don't know. I, I just think it's one of those things where he has a short attention span. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't it true that like he doesn't even read the memos, right? That he, at these meetings that he will go to? My understanding is they need to be limited to one page with large text and pictures. Oh my gosh. I didn't know it was that. I, I thought it was. Yeah. So barely bullet points, right? Yes. Yeah. And apparently, like, they, uh, reporting that I have seen indicated that people were saying that they need to reference him, Trump, in the memos because he loses interest if it's not about himself. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, let's, like, let that sink in for a second. It's like the president of the United States does not read 
you know, intel or memos and uh, that's why. He just why trusts I, his gut. Yeah. You know, his gut is more correct than all the experts in the world. Exactly. Yep. I mean, he doesn't need info. No. Yeah. Exactly. He just does whatever Fox News tells him, or yeah, uh, or what his gut tells him. He just has this supernatural ability to make good decisions without any information. Exactly. Yep. He's definitely a deal maker, and uh, (laughs) yeah. So there you have it, folks. So your president, our president, spends eight hours a day just tweeting, watching TV. It's like we have... Calling Sean Hannity. Quoting Sean Hannity. (laughs) Calling, calling, calling. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Calling Sean Hannity, apparently. Um, And, yeah, I mean, and and just the, uh, you know, like, I don't want to say audacity, but just the... It's like I'm, I'm done calling out hypocrisy you know where yeah. you know when trump first became president in the first year or so i used to say man if obama did this or if obama did that you know he would have already been impeached you know yeah it's just if i mean just the the bar was so high i think for the first black president you know that yeah it's it's he had to be the standards are kind of there's double standards just between Democrats and Republicans. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about Republicans, they create a standard that they hold Democrats to that they don't hold themselves to. So if you look at, like, Steve King, who is an open white nationalist and has touted white supremacy for years, he just recently got removed from his committees when he said that, you know that comment that he made about white supremacy and since when is it a bad thing. Right. Um, and then you look at representative, the new representative Omar, who said something that was pretty insensitive about Jews, but not really about Jews and more about like the, the Israeli lobby. And Republicans are calling on her to resign. It's just a double standard. Right. Exactly. And, and that's where, you know, it's just the amount of things that Trump can get away with is 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 amazing, especially with all these new Democratic, you know, uh, people throwing their hat in the race for next year. I just I'm just tired of hearing like it kind of started with Elizabeth Warren. I'm just tired of hearing like is a candidate is a candidate likable? You know, what's the likability of this candidate? Oh, yeah. That's and, very important. Yes. And it's just like. Who cares? You know, it's it's yeah. Trump is not liked by eighty percent of the country. You know, <laughs> and so and I'm not saying that that's a goal you want to shoot for, but just this, uh, yeah, it's just like the media. I, I'm it's like I'm sort of starting to see 2016 kind of start oh, yeah. start up again a little it's bit. It's already starting. Yes, exactly. So. It's definitely something that I'm like, you know, Trump, there's no more etiquette. There's no more standard of just really anything because the amount of stuff that Trump can get away with, it's like, no, don't, you know, for example, I just saw today that the, the, the debt or whatever deficit is like $22 trillion now. For the first time. Yep. Under, yeah. And it's like, where are the Tea Party people at? You know, where are these fiscal conservatives who were complaining about Obama. It goes right back into those double standards. Exactly. Do as I say, not as I do. 
Yep, exactly. So it's definitely it's definitely interesting, but I'm just burnt out on on uh, you know kind of pointing that out. But I do have friends who will you know send me text messages and be like, well, you know, it's no different under Obama, and and I'm like, it is different. It was different. You know, yeah. it's it's him and Trump inherited completely different economies, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, Obama had to spend money, you know, to, I mean, we were on the yeah. verge of collapse, but it's just, it, I don't know, I just, like I said, I, I've mentioned it before, but I just have such little patience for the, you know, enlightened centrist, you know, the both sides yeah. are the same, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, but, okay, so anyway, so, so there's that, Trump spends eight hours a day doing nothing, um, and so kind of bring us... I'll I'll kind of start off here with bringing us up to speed with the Mueller investigation. Uh, I know with you being on vacation last week, so um, so I'll say the biggest thing. I'll say there were two big things that happened. Um, the first thing was on Wednesday, because Democrats control the House, they voted to release the testimony transcripts to Robert Mueller. And um, so pretty much what that means is while the House Democrat, while the House under Republican leadership were, quote unquote, investigating, you know, Trump and everything, um, you know, they had all these testimonies. And for those who don't know, when you go before Congress, whether it's on TV or not, and you will see them raise their right hand and swear under oath that what they're about to say is the truth under the penalty of perjury. So that means that if you lie under oath, you could get in trouble legally. Like, it's not just a, you know, you hurt my feelings lie. It's a, um, you can go to jail. So so it's a big deal. So what they did was they gave Bob Mueller these transcripts of, of about 50 people. And the reason why I think that's interesting is... Um, uh, do you know when Janine, when um, Mueller got Roger Stone's transcripts about his test uh, from his testimony in front of Congress? I think it was December. Okay, so it was in like December. Like late December. Okay, so as we talked about in the previous episode, Roger Stone, which is like Trump's best friend, was arrested. But what's interesting was he was arrested because he lied to Congress. Well, one one of the reasons. Yeah. So it's almost like Mueller takes that, you know, take those takes those indictments to sort of squeeze them to flip, and yeah. and it's worked. You know, I mean, it's it's worked so far. And so one of the now, do you know Janine? Some of the names of the people who who they gave the transcripts to by any chance? I mean, I have some here, but do do you know of any? Who they gave them to, or whose transcripts? Transcripts they gave. I'm sorry. I mean, like. Yeah, who's um, they gave him the Mueller, but do you know which which transcripts Mueller has? Not all fifty, but do you know of any? Um, uh, the biggest one that I'm most interested in is Donald Trump Jr. Okay. Um, I'm not sure on the specifics, but people generally believe that there's a very good chance that he lied to Congress as well. Um, there's one thing that everyone's pretty pretty concerned about is with the regards to the Trump Tower meeting where they met with the Russians did he tell his father mm. 
And then did he tell Congress whether or not he told his father? And what sort of legal liability does he have in that respect? And so it'll be interesting to see if he ends up next on the chopping block because he has a lot of different avenues where he could have perjured himself. Right. And so, and it was when Trump Jr. testified before Congress. Now, this was when it was controlled by Republicans. Um, he was, it was behind closed doors. So that meant pretty much, if I understand correctly, they could talk about anything. So it wasn't a tele, it wasn't a televised, uh, testimony. So anyway, so we're speculating as, cause we don't really know what he told Congress, but we know what he's been saying publicly. And so we wonder, is there going to be a discrepancy between the public testimony, the closed door testimony and what really happened? Right, exactly. So, um, okay, so Trump Jr. is uh, pretty much the same way that those of us who follow Robert Mueller's investigation, the same way that we knew Roger Stone was going to eventually be arrested. um, That's how we feel about Donald Trump Jr. And we are pretty much like, it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when. And um, so that's a big deal because... The reason why I asked Janine earlier was with how long did Roger Stone, uh, when did he have those transcripts, or when did Mueller have them? Um, you know, about a month later, he was uh, arrested. So the Democrats give Mueller these transcripts from people like not just Donald Trump Jr., but Steve Bannon, um, who was, you know, Trump's chief strategist. Uh, yeah. Trump's son in law, which is Jared Kushner, who sure. is who is Ivanka Trump's husband, for those who don't know. Um, So I mean, some pretty high-level people. So it's like Mueller is going to use those transcripts to say, you lied and you're going to be arrested. So, I mean, do you think, Janine, that some people are speculating that Mueller... Uh, okay, let me rewind a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Trump's personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, was supposed to testify, I think, today. Yeah. Okay. But he backed out for multiple reasons. But yep. one of the things apparently was either Mueller or, and correct me if I'm wrong, someone within Mueller or the Democrats said, you need to hold off until after February 28th. So there's speculation that. Mueller didn't want Cohen, Michael Cohen to testify because he didn't want anything leaked because Mueller's getting ready to drop some indictments. Um, have oh, you, that sounds juicy. Okay, I was just, have you heard anything like that at all? I mean, I knew that he didn't go, but I ha- and I had heard that he was asked not to testify about anything regarding Russia mm-hmm. and potentially even like he was asked not to testify about the Southern District of New York stuff. Okay. So I don't really know what they were trying to even get him to testify about. But <laughs> I think um, I think it was the payments, the hush payments and stuff. Yeah, I think they asked him not to do that though. Oh, I okay. Correctly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, okay. So yeah, that's the latest that I've heard is that someone either in Mueller's team or someone. Someone uh, told the Democrats, like, hey, we don't want Cohen to testify. I think that's what it is. It's not that yeah. Mueller told Cohen. Mueller told the Democrats and the, yes. the House yes. Committee saying, do not bring him until after the 28th. They didn't say why. So 
this is where we're speculating, you know, where, okay, maybe something's going to drop. So the timing yeah. of, of Mueller pretty much getting, you know, the silver platter of these transcripts of these Trump people who clearly lied, um, you know, because one, they keep changing their story. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so that's pretty much what's going on. That was a big thing that happened on Wednesday of last week where – uh, the Democrats voted, and um, and one interesting too that I want to point out is that uh, the reason why it feels like okay, so Democrats won the House in November; they were sworn in in January, and they're just now starting all these investigations. One of the reasons why it seems like it's taken forever was I don't know if anyone listening doesn't if they, if you guys don't know what what happens is with all these committees, they're formed by both Republicans and Democrats. So uh, the Democrats are in charge of picking their people and the Republicans are in charge of picking their members for all these committees. Well, on purpose, the Republicans stalled as long as they could. So that's why it seems like it took forever for them to start these hearings and start these investigations because... There's also a shutdown too, so... Right, exactly. Lots yes. Lots of different stalling tactics. <laughs> right, exactly. Yep. And so uh, what I was saying was that, uh, yeah, the, the Republicans were stalling. So that's why it seemed like it's taken forever. But now it seems like things are starting to pick up. Like they're having hearings on Trump's tax returns. They're having hearings on the separation of children uh, at the border. So there's all these different things going on. It's It's hard to keep up. So... Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much what happened there. So it's only a matter of time, I think, um, that Donald Trump, okay. Uh, and this, this is what I wanted to ask you, Janine was, do you think that when Donald Trump Jr. is indicted by Robert Mueller, do you think he's going to drop like multiple indictments on multiple people? Like some people are thinking, and I don't, I don't know if this is more wishing, but some people are thinking that Trump is, or that Mueller is going to indict like Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, uh, Steve, B- like all of them all around the same time. I would be surprised. I would be surprised. I, I don't see. I, honestly, for me, I'm not certain that Trump Jr. will be indicted personally. I think he has a lot of legal liability and there's probably a case to be made there, but I don't necessarily know that the prosecutors are going to go for that. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm very skeptical at this point still. My, my wish is for that to happen, is <laughs> to have one beautiful day where everyone gets indicted and they rain from the sky. But I, I just would be surprised if... Because Moore is not theatrical. And that would be such a flashbang. Mm-hmm. And the political system that I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know him, but I just can't see him going for that. Right. Yeah, no, I think, I think the reason why some people were saying that was to avoid any like tip offs, kind of like what Paul Manafort is doing, where he's yeah. in jail, he's quote unquote cooperating with Mueller, but he's really just spilling the beans over to Trump. Like he's still. Yeah. You know, so that's one of the reasons why some people were speculating that that Mueller was going to drop all these indictments to avoid any of that. So, but yeah, like I said, he's like as we said before, he's not bound by our 
impatience, you know, by our, yeah. <laughs> you know, ready, ready to, to wrap it up. So, um, yeah. so the other thing that happened is on Friday, um, a guy by the name of Matthew Whitaker, and he is the acting attorney general. Now, for those who don't know, the attorney general is pretty much like the highest law enforcement officer in the land. Now, the reason why he has the title acting attorney general is because the majority of these positions have to be confirmed by the Senate. So if you guys will remember when Brett Kavanaugh was being confirmed by the Supreme Court, there were all these committees and uh, they were grilling him and asking him all these questions because it's a serious job. So but under some sort of uh, act because Trump fired Jeff Sessions, uh, Matthew Whitaker was put in place. And Trump didn't have to go through a Senate hearing like Jeff Sessions did. I forget the name of the act. Do you know the name of the act and what it is? I don't know the name of the act. But basically, it just allows the president to put someone in on a temporary basis. Right, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Okay, yeah, so he's the acting attorney general. So now that the Democrats control the House, they're like, you need to come and answer some questions. So there was this sort of will he or won't he uh, all week, like leading up to the morning of the testimony, um, which was going to be on TV, and it, it did end up being on TV. But what happened was the Wednesday before that testimony, the Democrats voted, say, hey, we need to get a subpoena ready because he's probably going to try to bail on us. And I think the Thursday before the hearing – he said, I will come and testify if you promise not to subpoena me. So the, you know, the chairman of the, of the intel or, you know, the chairman of the oversight committee, I believe, I believe it was the oversight committee. Um, one of those committees said, all right, sure. But in theory, he could have subpoenaed him like right then and there. Like, you know, when, yeah. when as soon as Whitaker sat down after he swore that he would tell the truth. They could have dropped the subpoena on him right there. But a couple of things that I took away, and I know you said, Janine, that you didn't get a chance to watch it, right? Nope, I was at Disney. Okay, you were at Disney. Okay. Fielding texts from you. Yeah, I was texting Janine. Like, <laughs> I, I texted her. Uh, I said, I, I sent that text to Janine because um, when uh, Nadler was, who was, a, you know, like the chairman, finish asking his question Matt you know whenever they're asking these questions in these hearings each person gets five minutes so whenever Nadler Nad, I'm sorry Nadler uh, finishes his question Matthew Whitaker has the audacity to say well Mr. Chairman I see that your five minutes is up like just with this idea that okay I don't have to answer it because your five <laughs> because your five minutes He's is the up chairman. he makes the rules you don't get to go to someone else's turf and <laughs> I mean that's that audacity. So that pretty much set the tone for the rest <laughs> of the hearing. Okay, so it was pretty much okay. So once uh, Nadler finishes his his you know sort of intro, he hands it off to the ranking Republican member. Republican members. So now that Republicans hold the minority, you know they they can't really do anything but just put on political theater. And there's this yeah. guy named Collins. I don't know his full name. I think it's from 
Nor- anyway, he, he gave me a Trey Gowdy vibe. Like, he just wanted to, you know, he was just like, this is ridiculous. You know, we're not here for to harass Matthew Whitaker. And, and, and the irony of him complaining about political theater while doing political theater was so hilarious that it's like he, he didn't he didn't realize what he was doing. So a uh, couple of things I took away from the hearing. Um, Whitaker did not answer any questions that I felt were like were really important. Like, for example, they flat out asked him, did you talk about the Mueller investigation to the White House? And he's his excuse was because this investigation is still ongoing. I don't want to comment on it. So, so he evaded. He evaded. So that's what he would do. Anytime anything with the Mueller investigation came up, he would say, uh, well, I can't talk about that because it's ongoing. So, what a cop-out. What's up? What a cop-out. Yes, exactly. So he would do that. Um, there was this one rep, a Democrat rep, who said... Um, is this a witch hunt? I think it was Swalwell or someone else said, "Is this a rich a witch hunt?" You know, they're over. No, it was a, a different guy, and pretty much said, you know, um, he pretty much wanted on the record Whitaker to admit that it's not a witch hunt because yeah. Mueller has over almost two hundred crimes indicted, you know, five guilty pleas, two people in jail. Uh, so, and Whitaker. I want to say he sort of said it's not a witch hunt, but he didn't. It's like he didn't use those words. Like he kept saying, you know, I'm not going to get into that uh, stuff like that. But yeah. So overall, I mean, it wasn't a big uh, slam dunk, but there are some people who who watched it who are convinced that he did lie, that he did lie under oath. Um, oh, okay. That he lied about saying that he did not talk to the White House about the Mueller investigation. Because um, at first he evaded it, but then uh, as I'm remembering it right now, he did say he did not talk to them about it, which is ridiculous because how are you going to interview for a job and not? It'll be like me, I sell water filter systems. So it would be my job, you know, people, hey, did you talk about filter systems when you interviewed? No, I didn't. Yeah. You know, so that's pretty much what what happened with that. Um, and as far as I uh, remember, um, yeah, like I said, there was no there was no slam dunk. There was no like aha moment. There was just him being grilled um, by by Democrats while Republicans were just throwing him softball questions and talking about the crisis at the border and oh, you know, God. right, the opioid crisis and. How they're working to fight that. I mean, nothing to do with the Mueller investigation. Yeah. Um, so pretty much went as expected. Um, as f- if I if I understand correctly, the Repu- or the Democrats are going to have him back again. They're going to subpoena him and have him in a closed hearing. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's pretty much what happened with that. Um, he people say he lied on their oath. I can't personally pinpoint a moment that I felt like he did lie, but he did dodge a lot of questions. He refused to comment on the Mueller investigation because it's still ongoing. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't want to say you missed, you didn't, pretty much the first 10 minutes was when he said your five minutes is up. That, yeah, I mean, that was pretty much the highlight. He, he did get rebuked by this one congresswoman who was like, 
because he tried to be funny and say something like, well, I don't know if your five minutes is up, Congresswoman. And she was like, your jokes aren't tolerated here. This is serious. And kind of put him in his place. Like, yeah. the, like the smile on his face just disappeared after, you know, after that. Oh, so, so that's pretty much that, um, you know, what happened uh, with Matthew Whitaker. And so as I actually on my way home, I did get a news alert that it looks like the new attorney general was confirmed, um, who is a guy named William Barr. And I don't think he was confirmed. Well, I got a I got a news alert saying like fifty four to forty seven. I think maybe it was like to move it out of. It, it wasn't a confirmation vote. It could have been like a vote to hear the actual vote. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I got something. It said it says uh, Senate confer approves William Barr. But I, you know, I thought I thought it meant like he was confirmed. But I feel like when I saw it, I'm like, I don't know. This feels kind of under the radar. I feel like it would be pretty big news that they have we have a new attorney general yeah i don't think that that happened yet okay so i think we talked about it before how do you feel about william barr i can't remember if we talked about him before i don't know if we talked about him but i mean i'm I, if i remember correctly it's hard hard to keep them all straight but i think this is the guy who wrote a really long letter about how he thought the Mueller investigation was garbage so Obviously, I have some concerns, considering he would be the person who oversees that investigation. Um, also, I mean, he's just generally kind of not a supporter of policies that I support. Right. So I don't like him. Yeah. But um, the Democrats on the Senate are concerned, but they're not raising alarm bells. Right. So that to me says something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it'll be the end of the world, but we'll see. Right. And I'm sure that, you know, so for those who don't know, William Barr, when, once he's the attorney general, um, he's going to be Robert Mueller's new boss. And he has said some things like Janine brought up that should concern us. But I have faith in Mueller and, and Rosenstein, you know, Rosenstein, Rosenstein, I'm not sure how they pronounce it, but I, I feel like they've had a kill switch ready to go, you know, since since day one, you know, that they have, they've known, um, especially with the reports coming out recently that, you know, the FBI was so like, okay, something's going on, like sort of that turmoil, like that time period from when FBI director James Comey was fired to Robert Mueller being hired, there's a, about a week or 10 days, and there's just all this uncertainty, and it gives me sort of peace knowing that, like, that they were alarmed, you know, that, that the yeah. FBI, the intelligence community, the Department of Justice were like, okay, this isn't good. So even Rosenstein was like, uh, so the fact that he brought on Mueller, and I, I, I do feel like even, let's say, if Barr tries to, you know, um, you know, slow down the Mueller investigation. Thankfully, that's not the only investigation into Trump, you know. Yeah. Um, briefly, do you want to talk about um, what's going on with the Trump's inaugural committee? I know I'm kind of throwing a curveball there, but I just remembered that one oh, off the yeah. top of my head. Um, do you know what's going on with that? Uh, if I remember correctly, I think this is also something that, that broke while I was on vacation. And so I did see it, but I didn't get to read it. 
in depth as much as I typically would. But from my understanding is uh, Trump's inaugural committee is being investigated for illegal foreign donations. Okay. So the committee raised like the most money that has ever been spent mm-hmm. for an inauguration. And the inauguration itself was not really anything that fancy. And so it's sort of a lot of people have been asking the question, where did all the money go? And so there's a lot of suspicion there that there's like a little bit of money, money laundering going on mm-hmm. with the uh, inauguration committee. Mm-hmm. And we got confirmation that, that that's being investigated. So that should be interesting to watch. Okay, so we have the inauguration committee being investigated by the federal government uh, for um, for pretty much saying where did this money come from and where did that money go? Because your inauguration was nowhere near the size of the previous record holder, which was Obama, in yeah. the '09 inauguration, which was like 52 million, and Trump had like barely half of that, but the money he raised was over 100 million. So yeah. they're like, this doesn't add up. Uh, apparently, at the Trump Hotel, they were charging people like 175000 a night, which was like way off, like super duper wow. ripoff. Yeah. So, so like I said, that's the type of things that, you know, it's those are going to keep going. I mean, you have Department of Justice now investigating the NRA. So my point is there's yeah. multiple and investigations. Along that same vein, apparently some like Ukrainian or Russian oligarchs attended the inauguration through straw donors or something like that. So it's, it's illegal for a foreigner to donate to an inaugural committee, but these rich Russian oligarchs and Ukrainian oligarchs somehow managed to get tickets to some of those events. So they're wondering, you know, how, how did this Ukrainian guy get, (laughs) get into this party? Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, so it's like you have the Trump Foundation got shut down, you know, you have the Trump Organization now being subpoenaed, so it's it's not good, it's uh, definitely, it's going to take a toll on him, on Trump, I think, I mean, I mean, we're even hearing now, and this is, uh, we're even hearing now that it looks like Trump's going to sign a, a, a spending deal to keep the government open without uh, money for the wall. Yeah. So apparently, he just plans on signing an executive order declaring a national emergency. So. There you go. Which we've pretty much called, you know, since we started this. You know, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. we, that, I think every yep. week you can hear us predicting that. Um, yeah. But he's he's not getting a dime for the wall. Um, he's so, getting some money, like one point seven billion, for like border fencing and security. Right. Yeah. He's definitely not getting the Ann Coulter wall that she wants. No, he's not getting the Ann Coulter wall. <laughs> Ann Coulter is screaming right now. Is she? I, feel, I, haven't, I haven't checked, but I, I just assume she she was. So, um, yeah. all right, so we have that. We have um, William Barr. looks like he's going to be confirmed and be Robert Mueller's new boss. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I guess, briefly, your thoughts. I feel like it was an eternity ago, but... Uh, what did you think about the State of the Union address? Oh, wow. That was a lifetime ago. I know. <laughs> um, honestly, I did not watch it. 
Yeah, yeah I'm, me neither. I really didn't either. I, didn't. I can't stand to watch him speak. <laughs> I really can't. So I, I didn't watch it. Um, God, that was like a lifetime ago at this point. I, I, I don't even remember what people were saying about it. Yeah. I mean, what I remember people saying about it was like some people said that he was uncouth and kind of rude to Democrats, which, okay, but then other people were saying he was so presidential and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, it's the standard Trump speech affair when he has a, gets a teleprompter and behaves for a little bit. Exactly. And then the next day, oh, that's the day he became president. You know, yeah. it's, it's he read from a teleprompter yeah. and uh, – but it was cool it's seeing – poop everywhere, so – Yes, yes. Uh, it was cool seeing Nancy Pelosi behind them. Um, that was encouraging. Cause it yeah, used to be, that was great. It used to be Paul Ryan, and so yeah. it's good that he's out of there now. Um, okay, so I guess I wanted to ask you... Um, okay, so one of the new freshman Democrats is a lady by the name of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She is a self-described you know, democratic socialist. Um, she's definitely, you know, very progressive. Um, have you noticed, it seems like conservatives are obsessed with her. A hundred percent. Ben Shapiro is one who cracks me up because someone will tweet something like about Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez getting a lot of attention or something like that. And he'll be like, who cares? But if you go through his Twitter feed, he tweeted her about her like 26 times in the last two days. And it's <laughs> obsessed. Apparently someone went to the like conservative Reddit group and like six of the top 10 posts were about her. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason they just, she drives them crazy, which I love. <laughs> she can take it. Yes. Like, it, it just, like, she thrives at that. Like, so people have drawn parallels between her and Trump because of that. But she she takes it in, like, a sassy and positive way and not in, like, a hateful and, and poor political discourse way. Right. I don't know. No, right. You know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like, why do you think uh, that... Do you feel like they're trying to make her like uh you know like conservatives always need like a like a boogeyman, right? Like they always need Oh, 100%. Hillary Clinton's gone. If they can start attacking her now cuz they can see that she has a political career ahead of her. And they're laying the groundwork now, just like when they started attacking Hillary Clinton in 1990 for not baking cookies. Like they see the writing on the wall mm-hmm. and they're laying the groundwork. Right. And so for for anyone listening you might have seen in the headline this this thing called the Green New Deal, and Janine, you talked about that um, when you did your thing on you know climate change and how it can it's pretty much a bold um, you know proposals and ideas to pretty much reshape you know the energy sector, the job sector, you know. So um, yeah. I like it because it's not just you know you know billionaires like it because they can help raise money for causes like everyday people like you and i will like it because it'll provide jobs for yeah you know and so for those who don't know like 
the government does invest in these types of things. Like if you want to go all the way back to the Louisiana Purchase, you know, the government was recruiting people and they were like, hey, we need farmers. We need this. And and your average Joe Schmo was like, I don't know how to do that stuff. And the government's like, we'll train you. We'll train you. You know, we will we will invest in you. And so this is sort of that on that same vein, like we will train people, we will invest in you. And I want to say it's polling very well, but it, the vibe I'm getting is the conservatives are just mocking it. Now, do you know, and I know I'm kind of throwing a curveball, but it's not just conservatives also. Oh, okay. Who else do you see mocking it? Nancy Pelosi mocked it. What did she say? She said she just was sort of dismissive about it and said, oh, I think yes. she called it like the green dream and was like, nobody even really knows what's in it and blah, blah. And she <laughs> just was very flippant and dismissive of it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I remember hearing something about that, but I was under the impression that it was, and I could be wrong, but it was because she knew, she knows that it, it's not going to pass with a Republican president. Like, I guess yeah. that's why, but it's not even a bill, right? It's just like, here, here are some ideas. Cause I, I don't, earlier it was, it was apparently, uh, Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell in the Senate is going to bring it up for a vote, but how can you bring it up for a vote? It's not a bill, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't, it hasn't been introduced yet. And even if it were introduced, it's being introduced in the house. So I don't know how McConnell could do that unless they are like cooking up their own version. Right. Which doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I'm not sure how that works. Right. I so, think he's just being a troll. Gosh. I, I, yeah, anyway, I, I could go on a rant about Mitch McConnell. But, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, okay, so, right, so, okay, so you feel as well that, that the Ben Shapiros and the Rush Limbaugh's and the Sean Hannity's and the Tucker Carlson's, that they are just obsessed over her because, they're, they, like you said, they're trying to make her the new the new enemy or the new boogeyman part of it also is i don't know if you've ever played like an mmo like a massively multiplayer online rpg where you kind of make like a team and you all have different roles but there's one person in the game who's called a tank and their job is to pull aggro so that means they go in they have a ton of hit power and they just take all the hits and draw the heat off of the other players. And I feel like that's what she's doing. Okay. She's allowing herself to be the tank and pull the aggro for the Democratic Party. And I, I, I think that's great. We needed that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We yeah. That. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So she's definitely, like you said, she's definitely got a, uh, a career um, in, in politics. She's definitely... Yeah, I mean, she's definitely stirring the pot, and and, and that's and that's what and, you know that's what we need. You know, we definitely yeah. need someone. I mean, she was a bartender, you know, so I'm sure, I'm sure she can take it. You know, <laughs> she's also like an economics major and worked for, as like a Senate staffer, so she was a bartender. But that was sort of like a side gig because politics doesn't really pay well. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> one thing that I wanted to mention while we're on the AOC mm-hmm. topic is. She had a video recently where she sort of like broke down corruption, like how it works in D.C. in testimony while someone was was giving testimony about like campaign finance. And that video on Twitter is like the most watched 
political video of all time. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. It was like where she was just asking the guy, like, if I wanted to be evil. And then, like, like, yeah, she definitely showed how easy it is to get rich in in politics, for sure. Yeah. Um, Okay, so another thing I wanted to ask you was... um, Okay, so for those who don't know, there was this journalist who wrote for the Washington Post who was murdered in Saudi Arabia. Oh, no, it wasn't Turkey. Saudi. Turkey, I'm sorry. Turkey. It's pretty much now known that the prince of Saudi Arabia um, pretty much ordered... Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah, MBS. They, yeah, MBS, yeah. they call him that. Um, pretty much ordered the killing. So... About back in October or so, um, Senate, both Democrats and Republicans in the Senate were pissed about that. And that's out. And I think that's good that they were very upset. And so they and so they pretty much, man, I don't know what it's called. It's it starts with an M. It's the something act. The Magnitsky Act. Is that what it is? Magnitsky Act. Yep. Okay. So that so what that is is they pretty much um, you know told the White House you have 120 days or six months to investigate this killing and tell us what happened. Well, last Friday was the end of those 120 days and nothing happened. The White House just said we're not going to do anything. So why do you think? that Trump is refusing to hold Saudi Arabia accountable? Uh, well, it's a multi-pronged thing. So one, Trump doesn't care about violence against journalists. As far as he's concerned, that's, that's just fine. Um, we know that. Um, so he's not super motivated to follow through. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Saudi Arabia buys a ton of arms from us and that is very lucrative for contractors and arms developers and people like that who are have a major lobbying presence um and then additionally the trump administration is very aggressive towards iran and saudi arabia is a partner in its aggression towards iran and trying to make sure that iran doesn't become more of a local power mm-hmm. so they don't want to step in any toes and they, they see MBS as the future of Saudi Arabia and they want to stay on Saudi Arabia's side so they're really dragging their feet and not trying to to ensure that justice is enacted because they hate around too much and then too for also for a little bit more context I mean um so this journalist, uh, Khashoggi, that's his last name, I mean, he was tortured, he was dismembered, um, he was just horrific things done to him. Uh, to kind of give a little bit more background context, he worked for the Washington Post, which Trump hates for many reasons, but not just because they write and, you know, and are critical of him. I don't say they're critical of him, but they're more like they report true stories that he doesn't like, you know, so it's, it's, um, uh, not, not the opinion pieces, but the more of the, 
hey, you know, uh, Trump uh, tried to fire Mueller and whatever. And so he doesn't like yeah. those stories. And so Khashoggi, uh, I'm sorry, Khashoggi worked for the Washington Post. But another reason Trump hates the Washington Post is because the CEO of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, he he owns them, right? He's the owner? Yeah. Okay. So he's the owner. And Trump hates Jeff Bezos uh, for multiple reasons. Um, so it's like... Part of that hatred is just the fact that he owns the Washington Post. Yes. Like a, that's a big part of it, so... Yes, exactly. So, um, so that's kind of get a little bit more context. It just shows one Trump just has no empathy. Um, yeah. Especially for journalists, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys saw just last night at the rally, a Trump fan assaulted a BBC cameraman. Like BBC, like who who assaults them? You know. <laughs> I know. They're, like BBC is so inoffensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they have no uh, stake. You know, they have nothing. They have no. How do you say? Like. Um, they have no dog in this fight. <laughs> no dog in this fight. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So, for you know, and, and it's just the rhetoric of Trump saying, you know, the press is the enemy of the people. And, um, you know, when you're – and I remember taking, like, leadership classes in college and stuff. And it's true. Like, when you're in a position of leadership, you can't just do and say whatever you want without consequences you know like you just can't whether it's you're a ceo of a job or you're a shift manager at a fast food place i mean even jobs you know i know i know friends who are like you know recruiters for companies and and they browse your social media profile to see you know if you have anything that would make the company look bad so with trump you know all these maga folks are like i like him because he he tells it like you know he speaks his mind well, there's consequences, man. You can't you can't do that anymore. You know, you can't be the president and call the press fake news, and you get people sending bombs to CNN and stuff. You know, like yeah. So there's definitely stuff that autocrats love, and he's definitely a wannabe autocrat. I mean, he really is. A hundred percent. He has not met a dictator he didn't love. Yeah, did you see he tweeted the other day like Kim Jong Un's going to pretty much make Korea great? You know? Fanboying Kim Jong Un? What the heck? The yeah. president stands for North Korea. What the heck? Yeah, like what timeline are we in? As they say. Seriously, <laughs> and like the Republican Party is like, well, we're too scared of our voters to do anything about it. Yeah, my gosh. Yeah, they just they love being. You know, the vibe I get from Republicans is is they're all. You know, as Jenny says, Jenny has this thing where she butchers sayings, you know, like, you know, I give uh-huh. me, you know, one example, which I was about to use was, you know, the, you know, uh, the real saying is they're all bark and no bite. Right. Yeah. Jenny says or has said in the past, they're all talk and no bark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so My husband does the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, that's what I feel. I feel like when Republicans had no power, they were like, you know, like I remember even the Joker in the Dark Knight. He says, "I'm like a dog chasing a car. Like I wouldn't know what to do when I if I caught it." You know, so yeah, they were just Obama's a, a dictator, and we gotta fight. We gotta fight for our freedoms. Blah, blah blah. And then when they have power, they don't do anything. You know, like it's just. Yeah. I mean, like to hold. I mean, to to do what they're called to do, like. I mean, they do horrific things like the tax cut and stuff, but I mean, like, 
they don't do anything when Trump is, you know, freaking uh, having Russians in the Oval Office the day after he fires James Comey. Like, they're just looking the other way, you know, like, so, uh, I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, so anyway, so that that's what's going on with, with, uh, with Khashoggi. He was killed and the... Not just killed, they dismembered him with a bone saw and his body has never been found. Exactly. Which is... Horrific. Like his wife has no closure in that sense, right? Where she, yeah. there has, a, I'm sure there might have been like a memorial service, but yeah, I mean the fact that yeah. it was it was a government that did that to him, not yeah. like the mob or the mafia, but it was a state-sponsored act of killing, and they, yeah. and Trump is just you know, and even Jared Kushner was apparently he's buddy buddies with this prince of Saudi Arabia and. And there were reports where he was supposedly kind of coaching MBS on how to handle it. And Yeah, I heard about that. That's disgusting. Yeah, like our country is is working with, you know, autocrats. I mean, it's just like I'm, I, I shared it online, but I'm convinced that if this administration was around during World War II, like we would be on Hitler's side. Yeah. I was just, just thinking that. We would absolutely be on the axis. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I think that can pretty much sums up the week. Um, I think I have one more question, but we pretty much covered it, and that was, you know, how can we avoid another Clinton 2.0 with all these Democrats throwing their hats in the race? I mean, I don't see, like, Elizabeth Warren. Like, they're trying to make her Native American thing. They're trying to make that, like, Clinton's emails, you know? Um, Yeah, they really are. Yes. Yeah, so, I don't think any real voter cares about that. Yeah, I, I don't hear much about that either. So, yeah. I, so I, I, I don't see. I hope the media does a better job, but they're not going to. <laughs> they're not. Like right. someone, there was some editor who just came out with like a big long statement about how they stand by their 2016 coverage and they're proud of it and blah 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 blah, and, and everyone was just like, oh. No, this pains me. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's where we in the social media just has, have to hold their feet to the fire and just, yeah. you know, I mean, that's pretty much where we're at. You know, we didn't have that sort of awareness in 2016, but now it's, you know, I know my pledge is I will vote for whoever the nominee is. You know, I mean, I yep. I have my preferences in the, in the primaries, but whoever it is, even if it's Bernie Sanders, he has my vote. So. You know, yep, same. <laughs> um, so I think that's think that's that's pretty much it, Janine. Uh, anything you want to add? Ask anything to that, or is that pretty much it for you as well? I think we pretty much covered it. So yeah, if I don't have anything else to add, and if you don't have anything else to add, I guess we'll talk to you guys next time. All right, see you guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>